the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. One of the common questions that comes to us as Orthodox Christians fairly constantly is why all of these feasts and devotions to the Blessed Virgin Mary? Why are they necessary? Why do we do this? I want to let a very popular teaching by St. John Chrysostom at least help us in our reinforcement of why it is that these are necessary and a part of our faith. St. John Chrysostom taught this. He said, Christ conquered the devil with the same weapons the devil used against us. A virgin, a tree, and death. These tokens of our demise have now become the tokens of our victory. Instead of Eve, there's Mary. Instead of the tree of knowledge, there is the wood of the cross. And instead of Adam's death, there is the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. This blessed woman is an integral part of the divine plan of God. And remember, that divine plan was before time. The divine plan of God to save the souls of this world and restore us back to himself and grant us paradise. She is a token of Christ's victory in our own lives. And today we celebrate her nativity. We celebrate her birth. If we look at the entirety of what we consider the finished work of our Lord Jesus Christ for the salvation of souls, the church has always held that this precious woman is indeed the book ends to all of that library of narrative of everything that our Lord Jesus Christ did. For that holy vessel was chosen of God before all time to bring Christ into the world and offer salvation to us. At the same time, on the other end of the finished work of our Lord Jesus Christ, she is the vessel through which Christ would demonstrate what he has now afforded every one of us who remain in him, and that is the bodily resurrected resurrection with an eternal body to be with God for all eternity. We see this as she's the first among us and a foretaste for all of us of that bodily resurrection, showing forth the blessed reality. Christ truly has put to death, death itself. So today we remember her nativity, her birth. And we remember the story and that which led up to her birth. St. Joachim and Anna were her parents. These were two of the most devout and faithful people of God during that time. However, they endured an extreme shame of barrenness in, into their old age as they could never conceive a child. All of their days, being faithful to God, they cried out for mercy that God would alleviate their shame by giving them a child, allowing them to conceive a child, to have mercy on them. And on one major Hebrew feast, as St. Joachim goes to the temple to make the appropriate offering, being this faithful man, an obedient man to God, the high priest of the temple that year, he denied him the ability to make his offering because of the shame of his barrenness. Because it must be because of one of his sins or Anna's sins or their relative's sins. Therefore, you can't make your offering. He was dejected. He was humiliated. And he was in turmoil and torment over what had happened. 
And so he goes out and he lets say his wife Anna know this. And he goes out to the wilderness to plead with God for mercy out of his pain. While St. Anna stayed at home and pled for the same mercy with the Lord their God. And the answer came by way of an angel to both of them. First, to St. Joachim. And their barrenness by a conception of this woman we celebrate today. Their barrenness becomes life bearing. And today, their shame is exchanged for joy and wholeness. Now think of what St. Joachim encountered there in the wilderness. He is at his lowest point after what had happened in the temple, crying out for mercy all of his days. He is done with the shame within himself. And then he gets this message from the angel that says, Joachim, you will bring forth a daughter. And this daughter will bring forth the Son of God, the Savior of the world. This answer that he received by the angel, it would go so far beyond what St. Joachim had ever asked for. He'd asked for mercy. But the mercy was simply to be able to bear a child. And God goes so much further in answering his prayer as St. Joachim came to him, as he always does in our life, by the way. He goes so far beyond giving just what's asked. And he grants something so much more that you will have the honor, you and your wife will have the honor of bearing the chosen vessel to bring salvation himself into the world. Can you imagine? If you get into their real life, if you follow me, can you imagine the immediate change in the countenance within Shame. All of their teenage and adult lives, as long as they've been married, turned into incredible joy. And barrenness in an old age miraculously turned into fruitfulness. Think of their rejoicing of all that God had done as their rest, as rest is brought to their way too long restlessness from their, their shame and their pain and their sufferings. And this message at the conception being filled with joy that at her birth that we celebrate today to see this promise, to see this mercy in the flesh, this miraculous answer to their prayers after a life of that shame. What joy they must have had. We see this, by the way, in every icon that we have of this feast day. The icon of the Nativity of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Look at any one of them. And you see both Saints Joachim and Anna rejoicing by way of gesturing in thanks to God to the gift that they had been given, the Blessed Virgin Mary. Not only a gift to them, but my friends, a gift to all of us because our Savior comes through the earth. You see, even at her conception and at her birth, through the Blessed Virgin, we can perceive for ourselves so much of the blessing that comes from Christ saving our souls. We've spoken many times about our shame being taken away and filled with joy as Christ grants us new life. But today I want us to focus on the second thing that we've been mentioning tonight. Something we need to greatly rejoice in when we see this precious gift be born. Another aspect of our own salvation in the Blessed Virgin Mary and her birth. And it has to do with the issue of barrenness. Just like Saints Joachim and Anna, all of our souls were barren 
devoid of true life, and certainly no true life can be extended through us for the benefit of any around us. But Christ gave us even more than just forgiveness and mercy and grace and relief to our suffering and the shame of our condition. He went further. He takes away our barrenness. All of a sudden, as Christ fills our lives, our soul now has the potential to become life-bearing for the sake of souls in this world all around us. We were once, we who were once barren, a dry desert within. Now living waters have been poured into us, and now it is the intent of God that through us, our vessels, those living waters now flow and give life all to those around us. Again, Christ always going so much further than granting what we ask according to His will, like mercy. Always further than we can ever ask or deserve or imagine. It wasn't even enough that He would give us His great mercy and compassion that our shame has been taken away. He takes the results of our shameful condition, the spiritual barrenness of our soul, and He fills our soul with Himself, life Himself. And out from within us can now come those living waters that He has gracefully poured into our very being. Now our souls can be fruitful again. As fruitful as we will let Him be through us. And there is no extent to the limitation of how God desires to be fruitful through our once barren selves. We, these earthen vessels, we now contain and we distribute the glory nature and the very divine life of Christ our God for the sake of this world. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.